It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, so the Vikings missed out on Ryan Bates, which was a lineman they were going after from the Bills. But the Zadarius Smith contract details are out now, and they're kind of sick. It's like next-level cap wizardry. Let's talk about it here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. But here's the structure um, of 2022. So he's got a little less than a million and a half in base salary, and that's all fully guaranteed. So great. He's got $3 million tied up in per in those per game roster bonuses. So in every game, he gets one seventeenth of that $3 million It's like 170 grand about. And then he got a $5 million signing bonus and we're paying a third of that against the cap. So an actual take home cash in 2022, he takes home all 5 million of that. And we only pay a third of it against the cap. He takes home theoretically, that $3 million uh, roster bonus and then his $1.5 million um, base salary. So it's a little more than $9 million in take-home pay. So for Zadarius Smith, he's taking home $9 million this year, and it's just all the rest of it is clever accounting, and it's just how roster bonuses work. These per-game roster bonuses work like incentives. Um, I want to talk about what those incentives are, and also later in the show, do prospect of the day. Do not forget that. But That's what you need to know about the cap for now, and I'd rather talk about um, what could be done with that because where we're at now, if he only costs three and a half million or three point three, I think is the exact number. um, If he only costs three point three million against the cap in twenty twenty two, and when the Vikings signed him, they also made thirteen and a half million by restructuring Daniil Hunter's contract. That's a lot more money than they ended up needing. And if you factor in Harrison Smith's restructure and Adam Thielen's restructure, um, by the way, there was a little back and forth on Adam Thielen's restructure. Was it a pay cut? Wasn't it a pay cut? All that we know right now, we don't know the details. Um, hopefully somebody will unearth them eventually. But what we know about Adam Thielen's restructure is that it um, didn't offer any new money or anything like that. Uh, and it added a void year, so he had to sign off on it. So Adam Thielen signed off on that deal and that he got a $9 million signing bonus as part of it. So it saves at least that much money. He's got three years left on his deal, um, so that means that $9 million then gets broken up into $3 million, $3 million, $3 million. So they managed to defer $6 million more off of this year's cap. So they have made a lot more space so far than they have used. Now, some of that does need to stay. My rule of thumb is you need about 10 million going into the draft, and that 10 million will go toward actually signing the draft class and also signing all your practice squad players and signing all your you know, your extra little guys and having a little contingency going into the season and kind of your, you know, call it a, a miscellaneous stuff fund. And rule of thumb is 10 million for that. 
Um, so they've got, I think, according to Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press, they've got about 16 mil in space right now, and they uh, need 10 set aside, so they've got about 6 mil to play with that after Zedaria Smith that, that that's either going to roll over, not get used or whatever, or they've got plans for it. Now, they had Chandon Sullivan in for a visit, the slot corner from Green Bay. I'm not a huge fan of Chandon Sullivan. I wouldn't be in love with that signing. That wouldn't be a solution. To me, that would be like a random kind of one-year Band-Aid type in the Mackenzie Alexander realm, or the Xavier Woods, Nick Vigil, you know, name your guy. And I'm not a huge fan of that. I would rather, you know, like Zedaria Smith, have your guy at this position, you know, have your solution here. But right now, the only guy they have under contract that plays slot corner is Harrison Hand. They don't even have a warm body to back him up, let alone somebody to actually compete with him. So that's something that will obviously play out as uh, the, the weekend goes on. A quick, dirty scouting report of Shannon Sullivan. I watched a little bit of tape on him on uh, Thursday for this, but not like comprehensively. I'll go a lot deeper if they actually sign him. But basically, he seems like a guy that struggles a little bit in man coverage, really good at that sort of read the quarterback, jump on the ball sort of zone coverage. Um, not as good in man, not very physical, really lines up off the ball a little bit too much. And in run support, he's just really small. And so his tackling really suffers. He's got to take kind of perfect angles and he's got to have really, really good form. And he doesn't quite have that, but mostly it's just, he has to compensate for his size so much and he needs really elite skills to do that. And he doesn't have those elite skills. Um, so that's where I'm at at Shannon Sullivan. I'm not too excited about him, but yeah, you could watch an interception reel and talk yourself into him if you really wanted to. But all this is to say, I'd be pretty surprised if the Vikings were done, uh, before the draft. Well, eh, maybe not before the draft, because sometimes these sorts of things, you know, the Patrick Peterson probably doesn't get signed before the draft. If I were a betting man, I don't know that for sure, but you know, some of these older guys love to draw it out and really pick their place. And some of these more expensive guys could get signed in, you know, May or June. Um, and the Vikings have a little bit of space. So I don't think that they're done going after free agents. That could be, you know, six, $1 million paper it over deals. That could be two corners at 3 million a piece or something. But here's the deal. They're not gonna finish the defense in free agency. It's just not going to happen. They've got not quite enough cap space this year. They've got, I think like 21 million or so um, allocated to next year. And I don't think that that has Adam Thielen's restructure factored in yet. And so that's going to go down. So next year's cap is getting a little bit tight. They don't have a ton of money to spend unless they want to overcommit to next year. Although if you overcommit to next year, but buy less than you do to this year, then theoretically you're making progress, right? You're paying down the debt slowly, even if you don't pay it all down in one year. Um, So I'd be okay with that. But suffice to say, it's getting a little tight and we're not going to build, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? You're not going to rebuild an entire defense in one year. You never were going to. Um, And if they acted as though they were going to, I think that's like a criticizable thing. Um, But I I digress. More people are coming, probably. So we got to keep an eye on it. Maybe that guy's Chandon Sullivan. Maybe that's Patrick Peterson. Maybe that's J.C. Treader. That's a name that is all over my Twitter mentions right now. It's J.C. Treader. Um, It could be a different interior lineman, right? Could be anybody. So we'll, we'll... Take it as it comes. So I I still want to explain more about the cap wizardry that makes all this possible and go really deep into like the structure, why it works, how you can abuse it. Um, And then, of course, do prospect of the day. So we're going to do that. But first, let me talk to you about a good old gramble. 
Bet Online is your one-stop shop for all things Grambling. The basketball tournament is back underway. You can bet on all those. You can live bet on them. You know, if it's tied at halftime and you think one team's going to pull away, you can go make that bet. And sometimes you can find really, really good odds there. So keep an eye on that stuff. You can use their player props builder to build weird player props, do all your crazy parlays and all that stuff. You can find anything. You can bet on, of course, college basketball, but pro basketball. You can bet on golf, tennis, even play your favorite Vegas casino game. So head on over to betonline.net and get yourself a Grambling. Bet online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, go check out the Locked On NFL podcast feed on YouTube. They've got the actual Locked On NFL podcast there. You can find me on that on Tuesdays, but they also have insider hits Locked On Today, all sorts of cool stuff. Go check it out. Let me talk to you. We're going to get real nitty gritty in the cap here. Um, so if all you wanted to know was, wait, what does Zedarius Smith cost? It's three and a half million this year. And then I think it's something like uh, 16 million and then 21 million or something like that. So big cap hits next year and the year after. However, there's not much of it is guaranteed. He's got some guarantees that vest next year on like the fifth day of the league year. You know, one of those weird deadlines, kind of like what Daniel Hunter had this year. Um, so he's got one of those situations. Uh, but otherwise, it's not very guaranteed. And a lot of it, a lot, a lot, a lot, nine million of this contract is tied up into per game roster bonuses. He also has in 2024, a 90 man roster uh, roster bonus. So if he makes it to camp and he doesn't get cut in the offseason as a cap casualty, he gets a certain amount of money. So look, instead of bogging you down with 3.3 million of this and then 2 million there and 3 million here, let me just tell you exactly kind of what's going on here. So per game roster bonuses work. And I learned this today work like incentives. So let me explain incentives to you. If you don't already know, we've talked about incentives before on the podcast, but not much recently. So contract incentives are what they sound like. Zarius Smith has both kinds of incentives in this particular contract. Or no, they're all not likely to be earned, but they are delineated. They're divided. All contract incentives are divided into likely to be earned and not likely to be earned. So if you sign a contract and it says in this contract, you know, you get a million dollars if you get 20 tackles. If that player is likely to earn 20 tackles, then he's the incentive counts as likely to be earned. And if the cap doesn't think he's going to get 20 tackles, it's unlikely to be earned. So how does the cap decide that? They just go by if he did it last year or not. So if last year he got 20 tackles and the incentive says you're going to get 20 tackles again, that's a likely to be earned incentive. And if he didn't get 20 tackles and the incentive says if you get 20 tackles, you get a million dollars, it's a not likely to be earned incentive. So imagine you are designing a salary cap rule set and you have to figure out whether or not incentive money counts against the cap. If I say you're going to get 20 tackles and you get a million dollars, does that cost cap space? Ideally, it only costs cap space once the guy hits 20 tackles, but do they have that cap space to spend in the meantime? And what happens if they hit it in the middle of the season and they go over? What do you do? So the solution to that is to basically say, if you hit your incentive, you pay off the money next year. We're not going to make you count the incentive money against the cap. And if you hit it, pay it next year. But that was unreal abusable. (laughs) 
back in the day. That did not work because what teams would do is they would be they would have absolutely hilarious incentives. Um, there's also you can look up like what incentives used to be. They're hilarious, like 400 touchdowns and blah blah blah. And essentially they could or it would be something like you know you have to get one rushing yard and you get you know all your money. And what ended up happening was they weren't real incentives. They were just ways to defer money. Because if you tie up a whole player's contract in a hilarious incentive, like you need one rushing yard, well, they'll get that one rushing yard, they'll get their money, but you don't have to pay a dime of it till next year. And it was like the super abusable way to move cap down the road, which is what teams wanted to do. So instead, they came up with a likely and not likely to be earned system. So the way it works, if you have a likely to be earned incentive, it does count against this year's cap. If you say you're going to get one rushing yard, the cap says, well, they're probably going to get one rushing yard. So you got to pay that against the cap. Uh, if it's a not likely to be earned incentive, like you need to throw 400 passing touchdowns, the salary cap says, yeah, we're not going to make you pay for the 400 touchdown incentive. If he gets 400 touchdowns, we're going to make you pay that next year, though, but we'll see and wait in pa- to see if it happens. And then if you do have a likely to be earned incentive, let's say you have an incentive for, you know, OK, he's going to he's got to get 10 touchdowns and say that player got 10 touchdowns last year, it's a fairly likely thing, and then the player gets hurt or something or has a down year, doesn't get 10 touchdowns, but you paid for the incentive against the cap, next year, they give it back to you. So if you made a million dollars on 10 touchdowns and then they didn't reach the incentive, next year you get like a cap credit of a million dollars. You essentially get your money back and say, okay, they didn't reach the incentive, you get it back. So essentially the cap assumes, are you going to get it or not this year? And then if it's wrong, if it's wrong, it makes up for it next year. That's all you really need to know about incentives. And the thing about per game roster bonuses is that they work the same way. So if you played a full season and then you have a per game roster bonus, that is considered likely to be earned and it counts against this year's cap. But in most situations, per game roster bonuses are meant for players like Zadarius Smith who have injuries that you're worried about. So for Zadarius Smith, who only played one game in the regular season, the playoff game doesn't count. I also just learned that. Um, So we only played one game, which means only one of those per game roster bonus weeks is likely to be earned. The salary cap essentially thinks that Zadarius Smith will once again only play one game, and it only is going to count that way. So that's part of it. So you have Zadarius Smith's um, $1.5 million salary, You've got the chunk of signing bonus that you got to pay off this year, which is about $1.6 million. And then you have one of those 170 grand game check roster bonus chunks that is likely to be earned and therefore counts against this year's cap. The rest of it counts against next year's cap. So next year, if he plays all the games, the Vikings will likely be be paying two roster bonuses at the same time. Because if he plays all the games in 2022, that means um, that in 2023 all 17 of those games will now be considered likely to be earned because he did it last year. So they'll count against the 2023 cap and all of the, the money that he earned in 2022. And by the way, from a cash flow perspective, the player gets the money when he plays the game. He doesn't have to wait till next year because of all this stuff. This is only how it's accounted against the salary cap. So in 2023, after you've paid all that money to Zadarius Smith the year before, you got to pay that against the salary cap and you have to pay his 2023 version of the $3 million roster bonus. He has a $3 million roster bonus per game in each of his four of his three years of his contract. Nine million of the 42 is tied up in this kind of money. It's kind of like a bowling frame where it kind of compounds on itself like that. But let's say he only plays 10 games and then his back flares up and he misses the rest of the season after 10 games. So you would pay 
those 10 games, you'd pay 10 out of 17 of whatever that is, 3 million, 10 seventeenths of 3 million, whatever that is. You'd pay that, and then you wouldn't pay the other ones. And then in 2023, 10 seventeenths would be what counts against the cap, and anything more that he plays would go up into the 2024 cap. That's how this works. It's a really neat trick, but it is ultimately just another way of taking money from one year and moving it into another year. And Rob Brzezinski is very good at that, and it's also an injury contingency plan. And I think that's very important. Look, we talked about it when Zedaria Smith signed and I was doing backflips. The injury is kind of the only like like reasonable concern I feel good about, right? I don't feel good about the age concern. I don't care about that at all. Um, there's some people who just say like Packers fans with sour grapes who are like, he's just actually not a good player. I mean, that's completely insane. Um, but the actual, the back injury is a bulging disc and bulging discs can re-aggravate. And that's like a genuine thing to be concerned about. And it seems like the Vikings are. Um, and they've worked that into the contract and their contract kind of reflects that we aren't sure that you're going to be here forever and we don't want to pay for you to get hurt and sit on IR. So hopefully that makes sense to you. Don't worry about the 3 million divided by 17 and that's 170. Don't worry about that. Just think of it as it's a bunch of little one game size chunks and the way that they count against the salary cap is if he played that many games last year. Last year, he played one game, so only one of them counts this year. Therefore, he's unbelievably cheap, and it gives the Vikings a little bit more time to go after the Chandon Sullivans of the world. So there's more news to break, and I'm excited about that. But let's transition into some draft stuff uh, for the rest of the show. I got prospect of the day coming up. I have not even decided who it is. So what we're going to do is talk about Bilt Bar, and then we're going to get into that. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It is covered in 100% chocolate. It is made with really cool collagen protein, which is a whole bunch of the stuff that your body needs, and it tastes great, and there's all sorts of different weird textures that they can achieve with that, and I think that's super cool. Um, Like, scientifically, it's really dope. Uh, And all sorts of great flavors, like chocolate orange or chocolate caramel or uh, chocolate mint brownie or or, um, uh, chocolate raspberry, which is one of my favorites. Also... The Built Puffs are super dope. They've got like a churro one. They've got like a cheeky lime pie one. I mean, this is stuff you should not feel like you should be able to have if you're like trying to lose or maintain weight. But they have like 130 calories, maybe four grams of sugar. And then bam, 17 grams of protein. It's not going to knock you off the wagon. It's the kind of thing you can eat late night if you're having a sweet treat craving and not feel too bad about it. So head on over to Built.com. Whatever you buy, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you can get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all one word, for 15% off at Built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Shall we move on to prospect of the day? I want to talk about some one of these really high-end dudes this time. So we're going to talk about George Karlaftis, Purdue defensive end. I don't know if the Vikings are going to need a defensive end with Zadarius Smith, but we did just talk a whole bunch about the scenario where Zadarius Smith's back flares up and he never plays a game. So look, even if you're just preparing for like only that, it at least makes sense to get to know this dude, right? And Karlaftis is really interesting. I, I, for a minute, he was getting like top five buzz. 
And now he's kind of a mid-first round kind of guy. But without putting that, let me give you a pile of traits and you decide where you would take him. Um, So he is a very long, lanky type. And he's very, very, very strong. He's not like bulky looking, but he's strong. Um, he is not a bendy round the edge type rusher. Um, I would like that's that's what I think of like Kayvon Thibodeau as as like this bendy kind of um, and he's like a lengthy guy, too. But, you know, one of these like super shoot up the field, get around your tackle, really stress your slow offensive tackle, that kind of guy. Um, he is much more of, I think, of a power hitter at edge rusher. And that's okay. That can work. I always say like the Romeo Okwara types. It's always the first like power edge rusher that comes to my mind just because that's like what his game is. There's a lot more guys and there's better guys in Okwara at that in the league, but that's what always comes to my mind. Um, he's not Romeo Okwara. I mean, he's, but he's like six, four and he's long and he's lean. Um, but he does have that power and that understanding of leverage where he can use the strength. So with the Vikings, where he would fit would be as like, a backside four technique type. And look, I mean, if you're taking him in the first round, that's going to be an every down player. And that would become like a key cog in your base set. And and you would have, I don't, what you would do with Zedaria Smith then would be a little bit less about putting him on the edge and, and having him contend with tackles and finding him one-on-ones with all O-lines. And he would be a, do a lot more roving and a lot more playing off the ball. And he can play off the ball. I, I, he's not a coverage player, Zedaria Smith but he can play off the ball and influence the pass rush just like kind of from a different angle with a running start, if you will. So that would kind of be how it fits. And then he would be sort of a base end type that lines up on the strong side and takes on a double team from the tackle and the tight end, one of those kind of guys. Um, And then you'd have like a super, super wide, you'd line Daniel Hunter out at like wide nine, and that would be your sort of duo. And and, um, you need a strong guy that can hold up at the point of attack and set the edge. And George Karlaftis can be that. I, I think it fits. I think like scheme-wise, he totally fits what the Vikings would be looking for um, in an edge rusher. It's uh, It would be a weird pick to pick him over something that's a little bit more of a dire need or a little bit more of a, a, a good fit. You know, I mean, it'd be weird to pick him over like a cornerback that you need so bad. But let's imagine a world where the Vikings didn't get Zadarius Smith. Or that, you know, they end up like trading somebody on the defensive line for a corner or something stupid like that. Um, in that world where you do have a, a, a little bit less urgency in the secondary, this would be the kind of player that you would take. And so one of the ways that I like to approach the draft is to think, and this is something that I sort of took as Rick Spielman would say it a lot, and I kind of started working into my own process. And that's, you know, he says, you know, we, we work a million scenarios and they kind of just sit there and do mock drafts all day sometimes and just simulate everything and say, well, what if he does this? Well, what if the, what if this team trades up? What do we do? You know, what happens here? Um, and you ask all these questions. And it's it's not unlike preparing for a game. If you actually listen to Kirk Cousins talk about how he prepares for a game, a lot of what he does in the quarterback room is come up with so many things to be a contingency plan that he annoys his coach. <laughs> and like, that's what he's, that's part of what a quarterback's job is when you're preparing is to say, well, okay, so they love this sweet player, you know, they love to, to come out in this front. What if they never do? What does that game plan look like? And how would we respond? And what about this contingency? And what, what if they come out here? What if that player's hurt and the backup comes in? Then what do we do? And just coming up with all those other stuff. And it's a very similar mindset, I think, for the draft is like, what if the Eagles trade up? What changes? Do they take a wide receiver? Do they take an edge rusher? Do they take a safety? What are their needs? I know the Eagles have three draft picks after the Vikings. Do we need to care? That kind of thing. And 
So understanding George Karlaftis, even though he's not like really that much of a position of need, I mean, they just signed a, an edge rusher. They've got their edge duo. Like that's the duo. And Karlaftis would not like infringe upon that. Um, you can kind of think of, okay, what would he do here? But also who needs that? And I think that's where doing this sort of exercise can help. Who is going to trade up for George Karlaftis? And do we have to be worried about that? Conversely, can we get excited about that? Can we say, man, I would love it if the Eagles traded up and took George Karlaftis, who we don't necessarily need, but that means that another corner is going to drop. You know, maybe a team that would have taken uh, Sauce Gardner will instead trade down, and now George Karlaftis goes in that spot, and then that pushes everything down the board that we actually wanted, and that's the kind of thing that can be good. So that is... That kind of thing I'm thinking. Now, I'm not familiar enough with all the all other 31 fronts in the NFL to be able to actually answer that question. But that is the logical next step of, um, you know, once you've kind of gone through all the players that you want to go through and say, okay, this is this kind of guy. Okay, he's a power rusher that's got a lot of length. Great. Got it. Put that in the basket. You know, when you got this guy is this kind of corner. This guy is that kind of uh, wide receiver, whatever. Put them all in the basket. And now we say, okay, now we know what we have. And the next step is to say, who is going to move around for these guys and what board are we going to anticipate? And then, you know, in a bunch of scenarios, these are the guys that are always on the board. Who do we want to take out of those guys? If this guy's on the board and we didn't expect him to be, do we take him over the guy we just said we fell in love with and et cetera, et cetera. And then and that's your draft process. If you start thinking that way and start thinking in like a, in like a Rick and Morty sense, infinite timelines, infinite possibilities, and thinking of how much would you do in this possibility or that possibility, then you're starting to think more like an NFL team about the draft and less like a fan of the Vikings going, what position should they take in round one? Should it be a corner or an edge? Well, I don't know who's going to be there. Who's going to trade up? What kind of corners are there? Do you like them? Are you worried about Andrew Booth's injury? What? Like, there's so many other questions that have to be answered. And by the time you've answered all of them, you've gone so much deeper than do I want a linebacker or a wide receiver that it becomes sort of a moot question. Um, I know I kind of went off off tangent there. For George Karlaftis, I like to think of him as power and length, and that's his game. Um, and he's not like a bendy outside at rusher, so he's not like an every tool in the box kind of edge rusher, which is why I wouldn't take him in the, in the top five or top ten. Um, but at 12, I think then it becomes a little bit easier to, to, to talk about. And by the way, if you're looking, think about maybe trading down, that's also a really good thing to keep in mind. So um, we'll talk next week. I wonder if we'll have a new Viking to talk about. Maybe it's Shannon Sullivan. Maybe it's somebody else. We'll see what happens at any rate. We'll chat about it. Check out the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Get to know more of these people over there. They're doing a great job, Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy. I will see you all next week. And as always, skull. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.